detective. Thrill me. <sighs> Took a couple of weeks off to recover after taking an ass whooping <laughs> from Red Brown and Lou Ferrigno. Mm. My well, knee's still sore from Red Brown's roundhouse <laughs> kick. <laughs> My shins are a little bit tender. <laughs> but we're back. Tonight's movie, Blade. We're in Snipes Town. Mm. Have we done any Snipes? Demolition Man. Man. Mm. Second tier Snipes. So oh, was, come on. No, but that was him in a supporting role. <laughs> he wasn't the lead. This is lead Snipes. Okay. Okay. No give out tonight. Had some no. problems getting through Blade due to some internet issues. So yeah. he's out. He was on the phone for a couple of hours. But what have you been watching? It's been a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I know I'm light. Yeah? Yeah. I got through a couple. Um, a couple that will be right up your alley too. <laughs> I'll finish the Punisher. Is it any good? Yeah, look, I, was, I really liked it. There was the, the uh, towards the end there was um there was a couple of things that, that Bothered me a little. I think perhaps one in particular they might have pushed things a little too far. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really liked it. I yeah. liked it. I was very happy with it. Uh, it was a little less violent overall than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But yeah, I quite enjoyed the story. I think the acting and the production of it was fairly good. I was really impressed with that Aussie bloke that played the the kid that came back home from the war. Oh yeah. Um, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. Happy with it. Solid. I watched Arrival. Arrival? I've heard very good things. Yeah, really, really liked it. It's very different. Cerebral? Uh, yeah. Might have gone a little over my head <laughs> in some parts. But yeah, yeah, look, it was it was really good, though. Like, the, um, uh, you just don't... you just kind of flawed when things all come together. And, yeah, I was quite impressed with that one. I know, I know that was one of Gibbo's absolute favourites from last year. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, I think... Uh, Definite. Yeah, very good. Must check it out. Okay. I also watched Passengers. Passengers. So that's the one with um, that's the one with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence on oh, there. Oh yeah. Had a really slightly untidy idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with Gibbo. He mentioned that they do a good job of sort of asking you some questions, like what what do you think you would do in a situation that he's in, and you know, some parts you come down on on sort of. You, you can understand what he was doing, and then in other parts you think he's, he's you know, deplorable. And it's it does a pretty good job of that, but then down a stretch it just turns into just a bit of an action kind of, not really action, but that kind of territory. We've got to tie things up and, right. like, it's, yeah, I wasn't really wasn't really pleased with the, the end of it, but up until, you know, probably halfway through, I thought, yeah, they've done a pretty good job with this, but mm-hmm. I happened upon Death Wish. Ah. <laughs> Charlie Bronson. Charlie Bronson, yes. Uh, interesting. <laughs> it seems to me that in that period of time, you didn't really need a story to get from one end of the movie to the other. You just kind of tack some things together. That seems to be what Death Wish is. Because it was a hit. Yeah, I know, hit I know, sentence. I know. Um, Fuck, again, five of them. I know. That's troublesome. <laughs> I think of... Uh, Lessening quality as they went along. But, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, look, it's again, it's got some sort of interesting questions of the audience when he sort of starts to go vigilante and. But de- just quietly, the bloke's facial expression does not change, and he experiences some fairly traumatic shit in this movie. 
doesn't even blink. I don't think he just sort of, every scene's played the same. And he just kind of goes on this sort of vigilante spree. But for me, it didn't really... Tie it up? Didn't really, well, he didn't really go after anyone that was involved, as Denzel. far as I can tell. It was just, it was just <laughs> helicopter. It was yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Though. Jeff Goldblum, no, he got away scot-free. <laughs> yeah. He was involved. He was involved. So, But we never saw him again. So, that, <sighs> I, yeah, I just felt like it kind of... I don't know. I don't know where it went. My problem with Death Wish is, and I think it's going to be a similar problem with the remake, mm. is that Charles Bronson was known for tough action roles. Mm. That then does not translate that he's mild-mannered doctor oh, or architect. Fuck, he's never mild-mannered. You know what I mean? Like the idea, the idea of Death Wish, and <laughs> please correct me if I'm wrong, is he's supposed to be a mild-mannered guy whose kids and family get killed. Who then yeah. turns into gun wielding vigilante? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it, the mild mannered stuff never really. I don't know whether it was mild mannered per se. It was just you know law abiding. Yeah. Um, upper class, I guess. But not um, likely to go around shooting people. No, but then that's the kind of tack that he takes. But you're right. You're never kind of the second Bronson's on screen and kind of you know mumbling. mumbling. <laughs> he's he's Mister Confident from the get. You yeah. see him in his job and he's Mister Confident and you know throwing out we should do it this way and everyone's like yeah we should like you know he's basically in charge from the get go. So when he picks up the gun and starts blowing people away, you are never really you're never really on a journey. You're kind of exactly where you bloody got off I guess like, but it, yeah it just it didn't really go anywhere it didn't didn't and um, and I think that that is the same problem you're going to have with the remake yeah well there was there was parts of it like there was the, the bits that did kind of carry it along a bit where the, the there's a police officer that sort of starts the investigation and kind of tries to figure out who it is and has a bit of a chat with Bronson and sort of I guess it's again where he ends up asks you some questions about your own you know what do you think of this do criminals deserve to be treated this way or like but I don't know I could have done with some story threads being resolved somewhere along the line I got onto It Comes at Night really liked it it's a very small story very sort of contained super well done in terms of creating an atmosphere and attention to the whole thing and uh, again it's kind of you finish it and you sort of there's not really a direct line into this is exactly what happened you kind of interpret it how you want it in some mm. ways. But I was really impressed. And Joel Edgerton is just sneaking into, you know, <clears throat> absolute upper echelon yeah. for mine. He's done some really good stuff lately. You know, this and The, uh, the Gift. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd definitely check that one out. As soon as it opened, I immediately went out to see The Disaster Artist. <laughs> I need to watch it. Oh, I loved every minute of it. It's, it's quite good. I mean... For me, if you haven't seen The Room, it's probably not as good. But if you've seen The Room, um, Franco's performance is just <laughs> spot on. <laughs> and it's you know it's quite funny, but they've also done a good job of just tweaking some parts of the story to make it a bit of you know a bit of the underdog deal. Yeah. But yeah, Franco is just <laughs> he's just awesome. <laughs> if you've seen The Room and you kind of look at look at Tommy Wiseau and think. Jesus, you know, he's he's, oh, he's super strange, but I can't look away from the man. <laughs> Franco just captures that beautifully. So uh, The book uh, was very good too. Yeah, the book was excellent, yep. And the last thing I got onto was I watched season three of Bates Motel. Oh, yeah? Good. 
just loving it at the moment. I think Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga are just excellent, but the show as a whole is really interesting. They're starting to they're starting to get into territory. The first couple of seasons, they got into territory where Norman was sort of blacking out and doing these sort of things. Like they knew he had some issues, but season three, they really start to ramp it up. His sort of issues that he's experiencing, and Freddie Highmore is fantastic. Does the series end at Cypher? I believe season five does Psycho. Right. And you've got, um, I think Rihanna Rihanna plays Marion Crane. um, I'm not not entirely sure, but it gets to I think it does. I think it goes, at least maybe perhaps takes the Psycho. I think it, yeah, I think it goes to, goes to the first Psycho movie and I think it might end. Mm, That's all right. Yeah, but um, yeah, highly recommend it. I I didn't know how I was going to take it when I first got in because I enjoyed Psycho, but it was never like on my, on my lists of things to watch regularly and but yeah I, th- I think he's fantastic and you get some really good performances from the the supporting like um that olivia cook that's going to be in ready player one she's fantastic again i didn't i had no notion of who was in this or whatever and she's just just blown me away for three seasons she's been excellent old mate nesta carbonell is also nesta. he's also throws oh, in a, a great performance because he's a he's a sheriff so that kind of blank-faced kind of stuff that he rolls with is just spot on. Like, it's kind of like a tick for the character that, you know, he's talking to people and he's just not giving them anything. Yeah. But, you know, that's his job. And he even says it a couple of times, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would definitely check that out if you haven't watched it. Yeah. That's everything? That's me. Okay, I basically saw two Christmas films, both of them in the cinema. <laughs> In the cinema? Me and the wife went and saw Love Actually in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't mind Love Actually. I'm going to throw it out there. I used to I used to not mind it, yeah. but I don't know how it's got the classic status. If well, it didn't have a Christmas in it, when we looked get back the on classic it, status. And we were talking about it in the car, we were saying, you could have cut this, cut this, cut this. Yeah. You could have cut multiple number of those stories and tightened it up and it would have been a much better movie. Mm. It's got all the ingredients. It's got decent ingredients. Like, there's funny in parts and there's yeah, really yeah. good performances, but there's too many. And you need well, to take... Let me put it to you this way. If, if if Christmas wasn't in it, would we Yeah, it wouldn't be. No, it? no. Because it wouldn't would have been be... in the cinemas. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, where, where would it get its nostalgia? If it was just a romantic movie. If it was just a romantic comedy, it would just been a romantic comedy that yeah. disappeared, was of its time and disappeared. And the other one, we went and saw Die Hard. Mm. They were serving up um, free eggnog. Excellent. And uh, Christmas cookies. Did you get involved? I got involved. <laughs> uh, it was a full house. Was, it, it was the eggnog awesome. spiked? Somewhere? No, there was alcoholic and there was not alcoholic. Right. Um, I would have been on the alcoholic. Slug it away. It was just gold. It was just great to see it on the big screen. And it was a full house. Mm. Um, the atmosphere was there. And, you know, having seen it a thousand times, mm. I forgot how funny it is. Like, yeah. it gets shitloads of laughs at times. Johnson & Johnson? Johnson & Johnson. Uh, bloody the stupid dude who comes... Dwayne T. Tons of great laughs. But it's just a, it's just a gem. It's just yeah. brilliant. So that was it for me. Excellent. I was very light on. I haven't, got on to my, I haven't got on to my Christmas ones yet, but obviously we're going to get onto one. And yeah, I've, of I've got a few on the list. Um, uh, a I'm not sure Love Actually is on there, and I'm not sure uh, what was the other Netflix one that's popped up. A Christmas Prince. Not <laughs> sure that's going to be on there. You told me you were bitching me on that. I saw it pop up on Netflix, and it, you know it's 
that does the old recommended for you, yeah. which it seems to be doing to everybody on Netflix's, yeah. you know, original ones. Because I'm sitting there going, why is this recommended for me? And then I read something that said, so bad it's good. And it's then another one said, like, the room for Christmas. And I thought, I better check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I better have a look. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and come back and talk about 1998's Blade. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. A secret nation of evil. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. A war to save our world. Played myself, killed as many of them as we can find. A hero who knows no fear. He makes the weapons. I use them. Wesley Snipes. Stephen Dorff. Blade. Rated R. Blade, directed by Stephen Norrington made The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen after this film and has not made a movie since. I can understand that. Poor Sean bastard. Connery retired oh. <laughs> after making this movie. Yeah, but it's, it sounds like he was such a pain in the ass that Norrington also I, retired. <laughs> I think they were both bad for each other. Somehow. Yes, yes. Uh, it's produced by Wesley Snipes, Robert Engelman, who did Miss Little Nicky and Mr Nanny. <laughs> And Peter Frankfurt, who was a producer on Lethal Weapon 2, written by David S. Goyer, who wrote the other Blade pictures as well as Batman Begins. Stars Wesley Snipes as Blade, Stephen Dorff as Deacon Frost, and Chris Christopherson as Whistler. Budget was 45 mil, made about 131 million worldwide. Jet Lee was allegedly offered the part of Deacon Frost, but opted mm. instead to do Lethal Weapon 4. Right. I don't think that would have worked. To be honest, no. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, Lethal Weapon Four worked to yeah. Lee's strengths. I can't. Yeah, I can't see it having added anything that we wouldn't have got. No. Other than maybe a fight scene that was a little bit better, but maybe. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off. Okay. I was initially when we brought this up, I was not interested. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I was yeah. dreading watching it. I'm uh-huh. sitting there thinking, God, I just, I, I think this was a real generic sort of film and I didn't really want to watch it. Mm. I really liked it. Yeah. Solid, enjoyable stuff. It's, there's a couple of really good action sequences and a little bit of interesting stuff on vampire mythology, yep. which I liked. And it's probably really only let down by a couple of untidy moments near the end. It's, it's where things don't quite go as well as I'm sure they were hoping mm. to make them. Yep. But it's a three and a half for me. Yeah. yeah I enjoyed um, it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm about the same. I, I probably went at about a three. Well, I didn't probably. I did. So I'll <laughs> <it> a three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's um, I think the comic book background of it is where some of that mythology stuff probably came from, which helped it along. Uh, they you know, they were able to mine a little bit of different material to do with the vampire lore and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I agree. I think the problem is that down the stretch, there's not really any... The, the stakes aren't huge. There's not really anything that's... There's never a moment down the stretch there where you think, shit, he's toast here. He's done. You're just kind of um, jogging through the, through the flick, basically. Yeah. 
the action sequences are pretty good for the most part. The direction, I was pretty impressed yeah, with the direction in some parts. Sean Connery um, wasn't, but hey, still, <laughs> not everyone's happy. Yeah, it's not everyone's cup of tea, <laughs> Mr. Dorrington. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, and it plays to Wesley Snipes, like it plays to his strengths because yeah. he doesn't have to do a whole lot of acting. What are they? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> sort of standing there no, with a pair of shades on. I totally agree. It plays <laughs> definitely to, to Snipes' strength. Oh, he gets to go with some of those physical scenes. Yeah. He has very little dialogue in comparison to what he could, could have had as a lead actor. But it's it's kind of it gives you it gives him enough to work with that he can give a performance of sorts. Yeah. But it also just lets him in some scenes stand there with his glasses on, Looking showing no sort of, emotion yeah. and saying one line before kicking a room full of people's asses. Yeah. Which is kind of which kind of works. That works. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm three out of five. Out of five. Definitely a three. Look, the film starts at a great clip. Yeah. The, the opening stuff is is great. Like the the, the rave. The blood yeah. coming from the roof. Yeah. Blade's introduction, where the guy crawls out of the covered in blood, and they're they're all sort of you know got their teeth out and they're ready to have him, and then he just comes across Blade's feet, and then you know, yeah. the camera b- comes up, yep. and they're all start going, oh, the daywalker, hmm. yeah. And that action scene is awesome. I thought, yeah, I thought that whole that whole intro was really good. Like yeah, that. it's just. The shootout is excellent. Then he busts into a little bit of you know, sword work. And well, that's the setup of that dance scene. And this is where I first thought the direction was, was pretty solid was because you get into that dance scene and you start to get a little bit sort of um, panicky watching it. You're like, oh, shit, you know, something's not right here. Yeah, because I keep bumping into him. Yeah, yeah. In a mosh pit. And he stands out visually because he's yeah. got, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was a red jacket, wasn't it? Whereas yeah. everyone else is kind of in the black or the white yeah. or... And so you start, yeah, you start thinking, fuck, you're in some shit here. And then, as you said, the intro to Blade's pretty good. When the red starts hitting from the sprinklers, it's a pretty intense scene, kind of visually. You see a few Blade gadgets and stuff where he's throwing. Yeah, so that stuff was really, really good. And I actually found the effects of the them exploding kind of and burning. Yeah, well, it was it was clear. See, the problem. I thought it was all right. The problem that we'll get into later is, for me, is that it was just at the very start of using that computer yeah. stuff where you could tell it didn't look real. Hmm. But they were smart enough about it that in that early scenes, it was just quick, quick flash of somebody falling over. Yeah. And it was kind of, it wasn't right up in your face. It yeah. was like somebody who was who was in, a, in a, a sort of medium shot or a long shot being blasted away. And so quick second or two of that, it looked pretty yeah. good. Whereas later, later they thing, got yeah. a little bit too close to, for comfort, Yep, I would say. I think you mentioned... Earlier, the the um, twists on the vampire mythology. I find it. I always find it. Um, the thing about vampires is, I always find it interesting when you can find a story like this where there's some twists on it, huh. and you can sort of you can go some places with that. I like to see those twists on it, like the the bullets that they had with the garlic and all that sort of shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. There's some bullets with garlic, so you know now it brings in this whole element of we can blow a vampire away with. A gun, which is something that you don't yeah. see as much. But the whole idea um, that he was, he was, he had all the strengths but none of their weaknesses because he'd, yeah. been, he'd been born of a vampire, a, a woman who'd been a human who'd been bitten. Exactly, that um, setup in itself is in like that. That you can see, you, you see the pitch. That's the pitch. Yeah, yeah, it's a vampire. You know, it's a it's a a, um, a, wo- a pregnant woman's attacked by a vampire and she gives birth to someone who's got Bit of both. the strengths but not the weaknesses, and it's like. Okay, tell me more. That's where yeah. the pitch is. So the conceit of the movie 
He's From solid. the get-go, he's solid, yeah. yeah. When the bloke comes alive on the hospital table, mm. fuck that got me. <laughs> I, I did not see it. Like, I remember it happening, but I just kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're talking across the body. Yep. Talking about how he's been burned up and, yeah, his incisors are bigger and all this. And yeah, like, yeah. No, no, that's right. And they changed the tone of the conversation changes from that to a quick discussion about them. Yeah. The couple. And that's when they're fucking... And then boom, up he jumps, you know. Yeah. Really cool. I like that. It was pretty bloody too where he grabs the guy. Mm. And, and that is, I mean, funny. in itself is surprisingly effective to you get the body basically taken to the morgue and then they start, this isn't um, normal. And you're like, oh, that's a really simple way to, to get doctors involved. And then they're treating the vampire bite like an infection and yeah. she's, you know, doing the blood work and all that sort of stuff. You think to yourself... That's a pretty natural way to take it. Then yeah. it wasn't something that's been done very often. So that's again, that's where the strength of the movie and you know using that mythology and a good idea. That's yeah, that's. And at times, well, the second movie's a, a, a solid film, a, mm. a really solid film. I recall it being better. Yeah, a bit more simplified, I believe. I believe they took it more in a simpler direction. Yeah, we got Um, we got to double check that. We got to watch it. Even three had a couple of interesting ideas. Mm. Yeah. Not me, Please explain. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. We better watch not, two not, and not, three and just. When I brought out Dracula, things got very untidy, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Look, I'm not a Snipes fan. I never really have been. I think he's a decent actor um, and he's a solid presence. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's capable as an action hero, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's not capable. someone I rush out to grab a snipes. No, exactly. And then, you know, you think of something like White Man Can't Jump. He had to he had to act in that movie. And yeah. he couldn't play basketball, so he had to do something yeah. in there. But so he's yeah, you know, he's made. I love his, a passion to fifty seven or something yeah, like that. He's made his name with acting roles. Yeah. in there. He's got a few action pictures, and yeah. some of them are okay. But I don't rush out to see a snipes film. No, right? But this plays right into the meat of his abilities. Mm-hmm. It is, he gets a little bit to do performance-wise, not too much. Yep. He gets to look tough and physical. He's got a physical presence. He's a solid, athletic guy who can bring all that stuff to the table. According to Dennis Leary, he does his own stuff. So yeah. Like, yeah. I'll do it elsewhere. But, Except play basketball again. <laughs> sorry, yeah, he's not a basketballer. <laughs> but this works for him. Yeah, and definitely. it works really well. And I can't think of many other actors I would have preferred. No, in this role, I think he was pretty much on the money. And yeah. you think? I mean, you mentioned Wesley Snipes. The first thing that comes to mind is Blade. Now, yeah, you know. So, and again, I haven't seen the other films recently, so I can't comment greatly. But my recollection is, I think that his performance isn't as good, or it's maybe on par in two. Yeah. It's not good in three. I mean, in no. fact, in three, he is as blank in the face as his fucking tax returns from 2003 to Yes. He is blank in the face yeah. in the third one. Yeah. And it's an abs- to the film's detriment. <laughs> he never brings anything to the table there. Including tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> and... and I'm a big Chris Christopherson fan. Yeah, he was I love the bloke. He was I got a real Sam Elliott vibe. Mate, yeah. the supporting cast was surprisingly good in yeah. this because there was no big names per se, but you've got Chris Christopherson who was spot on. Yeah. 
Um, and then you've got the likes of Donald Loge, who's a very Donald good Loge. actor, who was obviously just, you know, making his name at that point. But for me, I'm a big fan of his, and that's this is one of his earlier kind of... I love Donald. Yeah. I'm not sure I loved him here. <laughs> well, I was a fan of, you know... In terms of not performance, I'm talking about character. Yeah, yeah, well, look, the character... Yeah. And I think that's actually one of the problems... For a couple of the performances, they're not bad. See, look, I can understand why it was necessary. Because oh, yeah. it was it was engaging without Frost having to be there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I knew I was there. He was fucking painful at the time. Yeah, he was. Well, he was, but in other times I thought, yeah, he's he's um he could have been a lot worse if it wasn't. And quite <laughs> if frankly, it wasn't someone like Donald Lowe's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing, you know, you drop, wise, he's fine. You drop someone like Udo Kier in that role, who's Udo only Kier. on there in there for ten minutes Good or so. Lord, is he a serial killer? Oh, I think so. He's very <laughs> creepy. He's this creepy man. He's a very creepy man, but it works perfectly. Here. Excellent casting. Excellent, Excellent casting, casting for that. Um, and I kind of dug the idea that they were the old suit wearing, you know, traditional vampires of the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dorf was the, you know, leather pants wearing, <laughs> fucking rave having sort of new wave yes. of stuff. Yep. But he also wasn't pure blood. No. I think that was, yeah, that was a, that was a good... Interesting touches. Interesting, interesting touches. Interesting touches. And when, that's, you know, that's something that's been done a few times and we've seen it, but to have someone like Udo Kier as like the head of the table is memorable. Yeah. You know, he's, and I did really dig when they killed him. Yeah, yeah. Took that him was out excellent. on the on the cliff to sunrise. Except the helmet. They were a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They ripped was... his teeth out and everything like that. Mm. I liked all that. That kind of power play look. Yeah. It was a really good scene. It worked nicely. Yep. But yeah, Christopherson reminds me of Sam Elliott out of um, Roadhouse. <laughs> Solid mentor boy. You say that's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. We love it. Yeah, 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 true. Right true. It, it Christopherson works perfectly because he's a solid enough actor that he can give you something. Yeah. But he's also got that grizzled, tough sort of look about him that works for Whistler. Weathered. Weathered. <laughs> he's a weathered, very individual. weathered. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, I would suggest rather than you know fights and all that sort of stuff, that's more to do with cocaine. And <laughs> but he's still weathered. It's a, still a category of. He is. He's been rolling something. He has. He has uh, not treated his body well. You know, it's still similar. It's not getting punched in the face. It's just <laughs> jamming something into your face instead. <laughs> but the idea of Whistler is he's supposed to be almost tougher than Blade because he's supposed to. Basically, tell Blade what to do. Yeah, Bl- you know, he kind of like, runs Blade's yes, schedule for yeah, him. which works again down the stretch when you know he gets um, bitten. Mm. He's on his own. He's he's got to take charge now when he's been, as you said, he's been the weapon that that Whistler says, "Here's what we need to do. You yeah. you go and do it." But also that sequence, surprisingly, even though that you can't really wring a lot of emotion out of the blade face because you're not supposed to. He's kind of meant to be... No, I think it's because it's Wesley Snipes. <laughs> but, yes, but the death of Whistler, The death of Whistler is kind of was touching good. in a way. It was very because good. Because it's kind of showcasing Blade doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. But he can't show it in by crying or anything because he's not capable of that shit. That's not yeah, his yeah. property. Yep. But the best he can do is say, oh, look, what does he say? Give me your gun. And he's like, no, no, I can fix you. Yeah. Instead of just... But then it comes through in that he 
by walking away, that's kind of doing it for him. Yeah. He's not the emotional type. He, he stops for that saying, I can fix you. And Whistler just says, you know. No. Nah. Give it to me or whatever. And he just, he walks away. It's kind of like he respects him. Yeah. Too and much. I like that. that. I thought you know, that was a really nice touch. Yeah, I thought it was good. I actually thought they did a decent job with um, bringing his mother into it too. I didn't like all of, I, I wasn't a big fan of the actress that did the job there, but I liked the idea and it went along with Whistler as well. I liked the idea of bringing his mother back into it at the end to kind kind of um, to try and play with the emotions a bit more. Yeah, like, look, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the idea. I just don't think it was very successful. The execution wasn't great. I felt like when... And it kind of felt, to me, it was supposed to be a big deal. Yeah, well, that's... But it what, just didn't yeah. play. And that's where the dislike like probably... deal. That's where the dislike probably comes in, but I thought... When they actually brought his mother back, I, I wasn't even thinking of it. I was yeah. thinking, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, I thought that had passed. They'd left it. They would um, have just been forgotten. Yeah. It's not, not anything important. Yeah, I thought all it was was she was bitten, he was born. That's the end of it. Um, but so, yeah, to bring her back, I mean, it was... it was, but it was it also been, posted. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of predictable in a way, but I gave him points for like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And then, then making her part of the, the crew... Again, as you said, that should have been where he might have faltered down the stretch somewhere, where he couldn't kill his mother or something, or it took him a bit longer, and that's where Frost got the upper hand or whatever. But it but didn't play. It, yeah, it didn't At play. I, lo- I gave him points for the idea, yeah. but the dislike probably is that he just fucking, when it came time, he just <laughs> killed his mum without even, without even blinking. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I kept this in, I put this in my dislike, and my likes, because... The, the, the guys who swell up like fucking hemorrhoids and explode. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely laughable. The special effects are terrible. But, but I kind of got a giggle out of that. The bit when he walks down the hallway and you just kind of see him and then you see the one from underneath. Just You see just the big, the blood just burst yeah. everywhere. And then a second later, it bursts from the side as well. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And again, it was, it was a mix on the mythology. It's like you bring the doctor in, she gives you this and says... Yeah. Basically, they, they, they give you a 10-second explanation of what a vampire actually is, oh, the hemoglobins, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, do this to him. You know, give him this. And all it is is, you know, as you said, another another way to kill them differently. Yeah. <laughs> it was <a bit> funny. <laughs> it reminded me of the guy in Big Double Trouble in Little China. <laughs> the guy who expands and explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I was a fan of that. I, the action scenes were sp- Pretty good across the board. I think all of yeah. them were well shot. Yeah, I was pretty happy. I think it. that it was... There was a little bit of decent kind of um, style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not Russell Mulcahy level <laughs> style, but it was... There was style, you know. Like, it was very stylish in the way it was done. Yeah. I and I think dislike. They, do, they, did, they did a lot of the, um, you know, send waves at him. Yeah. But they should have because he's supposed to be... Yeah. King shit. So when he was in that, you know, when he was in the the club, for example. And most of that shit works, works well. It works well. well. Like it, it, works well. Never quite, it never felt like they're just lining up, taking numbers. Yeah, no, it and, didn't. It was just, it was fast. It was, you yeah. know, as I said, the direction was good enough that it was a good pace and it was kind of exhilarating that it's done. You yeah. know, like. They didn't overstay their welcome with them, mate, a lot of them. No. I actually liked the fact that Blade, just again, a nice little touch with him feeding off the doctor mm. to regain his strength yes. after he's been hurt 
liked it as a nice little touch. Yes. Um, I, I still had questions. Of course. Yeah, and I was kind of thinking, you know, if he can bite her and all that, then... But he's only half vampire. Is that why she's... She's still with us? Still still with, still yeah, but, but... Was it the injection of garlic that they gave her beforehand? Uh, like in the early on? Because she got that, Should that have been... He, he bit her and then went... Uh, it tastes like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are questions. But I think it was still nice... It was just a nice little thing to have in there. It was cliche, but it was there. Yeah. And I was happy with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Donald Loke, or whatever his name is, yeah, yeah. just finally getting his fucking head cut off. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I, mate, I couldn't sanction his buffoonery. I'm serious. <laughs> See, that's why he worked. Because when you got to that point, you loved it. Look, I love seeing him get his head cut. And look, I enjoyed seeing him get his head cut off a couple of times too. <laughs> yeah, that was still funny. Like, it was still funny, but I just, we had to get rid of him, and it was nice the way they did it. Yeah. You know, he charges at him with all, spouting all this shit about it. he's going to fuck him up. And yeah. just sort of goes, just it was kind of the natural end to it. Yeah. This fight was all, all talk, was all talk. Just no action. He was yeah. just, you know. Uh, and of course, you know, Frost turning into a huge hemorrhoid. <laughs> 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 his is better because they show him a long shot. <laughs> Everything's all sort of distorted except one of his legs. Are you trying to tell me that the subtext of this movie is something like you should get your hemorrhoids treated or something like that? Like, if you've got a hemorrhoid, treat, <laughs> treat that thing before it gets out of control. <laughs> you wouldn't want a bunch of them hanging off you, would you? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but that's pretty, that's pretty much it for me in the likes department. Yeah, yeah. I liked I liked a lot of it. Yeah, I was pretty happy. And with it. and my quibbles are, I think they just took a couple of missteps. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's down the end. Yeah. It's kind of they don't quite close the loop very well on a few things. Yeah. See, I felt the whole way through. I felt it was just kind of like at a at a three level. It was never. I was never, never sitting there. <laughs> never, there was no rising action. I like. I felt like the whole time I was just th- sitting there going, "Yeah, this is all right." Yeah. Um, they've done a decent job, but it, it never got me to the point where I'm thinking, "This is fucking great." They've been got a letdown. It was yeah. constantly just yeah. at a level, as you would expect. Yes. Look, I said it was pretty stylish. It is, mm-hmm. but it's kind of overstylized at times. Yeah. A lot of um. Time lapse footage, a lot of. There's one where they. There's heaps of stun flares going. Yeah. There's one where there's a sped up shot in a I car. I actually like that. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, I liked it, but it's kind of a wag. <laughs> yeah, kind look, of a wag. when they said. I saw that, and then I read Stephen Norrington cut his teeth in music videos, and I thought, well, fuck, that well, makes no, sense. Yeah, it <laughs> surprised me, I must admit. Yeah, so I thought. It felt a little bit unnecessary. Well, see, that one was used at a time when I thought, well, fuck, they're in cars driving around the whole town, they're getting some conversation out. So I thought, hey, I haven't really seen this before, and it was interesting enough that they're condensing like a, a long drive into this it much and giving us this little bit of information. I was like, eh, okay, three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Stephen Norrington, he's coming in for Connery treatment on that. So thing. You were, you're thinking that's where the Connery yeah, treatment office uh, says, get this, this fucking is- shit out of he pulled it, he gave, he, on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he told Sean, look, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of time-lapse stuff. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, no, this, is, this is bullshit. Get, it, get rid of it. Now, I'm going to throw one in that I think it's a like, sorry, it's a dislike. I believe Gibbo might have touched on it briefly, and I think he might have something to say. I don't think he was a fan of Stephen Dorff. 
No. In the film? No. I'm... I think Dorf's alright acting-wise. I don't I think believe, his performance is that bad. Just to sort of add to that, I believe when, um, you know, when Gibbo had his internet issues and said he couldn't quite make it tonight, he did punctuate things with... Um, I don't have much to say about Stephen Dorff anyway. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, Dorff's performance is okay. He's, well, a, he's a sound actor. Problem is, I think the character, as I said to you, is the leather-clad, sort of, you know, rave-heavy yeah. new guy. It's I think kind of wanky. He's never, he never feels like he's going to put anyone other than Udo Kier and those blokes in any danger. Yeah. That's the problem he's for so me. small and so live, sort of small in comparison to, say, a blade. Yeah, You yeah. see him standing next to each other. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I've got no worries that Snipes will feed him his ass. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, look, when you get to the end there, you sort of, you, you're thinking, okay, so Dorf's taken over those other guys and done this and that. But by the time they get Blade, you think, okay, so he's just been bringing the bloody spider into the room full of flies, basically, hmm. for the for the finale. You never, ever think that anything's going to go any other way than this. And I think even the movie kind of um, ends up with that when they start fighting, and it's done in about two minutes, and you think, well, fuck, that's where it was always going to end up. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like... And it's probably the film's biggest flaw is that they put together that... You know, this is the we're going to get the blood of Blade and, and yeah. put it all in here, and then those ridiculous looking CGI fucking flying skeletons come out of everyone's body, mm. and then go into Stephen Dorff's body. And I'm thinking, okay, so what is he? Is he is now superhuman? Stephen Dorff with red eyes, I think. <laughs> all he does is shove a little bit of coagulant in the bloke and he explodes. Well, he was the, he was the largest hemorrhoid that you need like, to get treated. But that's what I mean. It's such an anti-climax. It's like, this was supposed to be your villain. See, it's all coming together now. Like, the fight, the building at the end was like a round sort of circular thing, so that's meant to be the <laughs> toilet bowl and you can't go into the toilet bowl unless you treat your hemorrhoids. Like, I get it now. You've, you've all sort of... Subtext. Yeah. Subtext. No, look, Dorf, the, the problem was, like, the Whistler stuff was treated, was done quite well, but, kind of, but like, the the downside of it is you, you weren't even kind of angry enough at Dorf at that point to say, to think there was a great deal of satisfaction in him getting done in. As you said, there was there was much more satisfaction when Donald Lowe's got off than there exactly. was with Stephen Dorf. Because so, he actually felt something for Lowe's. Yeah, and it well, should have been... liked him, disliked him, thought he was a pain in the ass. You thought you felt something for him. And that should have been Frost. When you, like, not, I'm not saying that character should have been Frost, but that moment when you're like, fuck it, thank God, yeah. you know, that should have been Frost, probably. But it wasn't. No. And, and unfortunately... Part of it's probably Dorf's not really the guy you would have gone for. I think it was more the character. Yeah, it was, I think it was I just thought, a bit bland. Because I thought, as you said, I thought he was all right. He was all right. It's just the character was really fucking poor. Yeah. I also kind of feel that the Doctor doesn't really play much of a role. It's kind of like we're we're seeing it through her. I get that. Yeah. We're seeing the whole idea of the vampire world through the eyes of someone who's not a vampire, basically, because mm. it's from her perspective. And, yeah, she brings a couple of little things to the table. She's, she offers the blood work information yeah, and all yeah. that. And she didn't really have her own thing going on. But what's her payoff at the end? Zero. Yeah, she didn't really have anything other than I'm sort of here and I can help with the blood I'm work. I'm basically hovering around beside Blade. 
Yeah. For what reason? To treat hemorrhoids. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, don't struggle. Well, shit, a GP can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, you go to a specialist. <laughs> shit. GP can lance your ass, ass words and then move on. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, Snipes, uh, I think his worst moments were the quips. Well, there was yeah. a couple of bits when he was quipping and he was smiling and stuff. And it yeah, was and just it kind like, of didn't work. This doesn't work. You should just be going in, you know, taking names, kicking ass. <laughs> it should have been, you know, the chew and bubblegum and you're all out of bubblegum sort of take on things. You shouldn't be laughing about it and giving them a, you know, a quick smile and a quip. Like, just kick their ass and get yeah. out of there, you yeah. know. If you're saying something, it's got to sound pretty menacing. And when he did kind of say the menacing ones, it was kind of like, yeah, Mr. Mark a little bit. yeah, but, yeah. Um, Not quite there in the in the in the one liner stakes, and it's part of that period when this was made, probably. Yes. Late nineties. It's kind of an action mm. horror. It's kind of mixed, um, and the character's non-talkative for large portions. So when he does open his mouth, they decide the best thing to do. We need to get a few Wesley Snipes, you know, moments in. Yeah. And whether that means saying stupid things. Maybe. Getting back to what I was saying before, I just felt that stuff about his mother. Mm. It's it's a good idea. Yep. But it doesn't pay off well because there's nothing that it brings to Blade's issues when he gets no. there. Yeah. So my thinking is exactly what you're saying. I can't kill my mother. Yeah. Or that you know, if they're talking about how Whistler can treat it that they fucking saved her in some way and she's still human and yeah. Frost has her or something. Like, I, I just felt like the idea was good but the execution didn't quite do it for me. And at the end, he's when he's tied up in the little, that thing where they're yeah, getting yeah. his blood, that's where he tells him that I bit your mother. And then basically a couple of lines and that's it. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's supposed, it seems like it should be important. Yeah, but, but it's, it's just not. a and throwaway line about nothing. Yeah, and that that's happens with a couple of things. It happens with the mother. It happens basically all tied to that. It had like even as we said that Whistler was that the scene was good and yeah. Christopherson's performance and Christopherson and Snipes did a good job when they when that was actually happening. But again, that should have felt way more important when all the shit was coming together at the end. Yeah. That Whistler wasn't there. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a bit up and down in, in those, those, moments those moments that I felt could have just... Yeah. They could have pushed it over the top to yes. a four or a five for mine. Like, if you've got those... You've got the good action sequences and that sort of stuff. If you get a couple of those scenes, especially the last 20-odd minutes, you get a couple of those moments to work, then that's where you get... It would have given you the rising action. A little bit of the rising action. I think it's possibly a little, little bit of judicious editing. Chop out five or ten minutes for me. Yeah. Just felt it was a little long. Not super long. Like, it's not like you're sitting there going, holy crap. What's going, <laughs> going no. on? It's just that they... didn't quite get there. The midsection... I wasn't went... developing my own hemorrhoids yeah, just yeah. on the couch too yeah, That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, but, of course, if I read the subtext of this movie, I would have known how to treat him exactly, if I did. So. Exactly. That, that sec- about the mid-portion, it just seems to be Blade turning up somewhere, kicking yeah. ass, yep. move on. Next scene, Blade goes elsewhere to um, yep. get some more information. Kick yeah, well, they did. They kind of did a solid job with, you know, getting where he got the information, you know, finding that the freezer that led to 
yeah. down the stair, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. I thought that was okay. It went along, but as you said, you probably could have chopped. Maybe you could have chopped a fast-forward, for you know, car scene out of that yeah. or something. Or a time-lapse, yeah, yeah. photography or something. Yeah, yeah the mix. But yeah, it just could have been. It could have been tightened a little. Yep. I've got to go right back to the rave scene at the start. Oh, back to the start. There is nothing that dates this movie more than the fashion and the music at the rave. Yeah. <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> my mate, um, uns, uns, crap. My mate, the, the the guy that gets taken in there at the start, he's actually in um, Bates Motel at the moment, oh, yeah. um, and he's he's quite a good actor actually. I think he was in um, The Shield and he's in Sons of Anarchy. He gets taken in there by Tracy Lords, mm. and I'm sitting there going, he's wearing a red. Sort of vinyl jacket, and was it a Kangool hat? I think it was a Kangool cap. <laughs> then we're in there, Donald Lowe's just, you know, in the midst of getting a blowjob, he's wearing a bloody mesh t shirt, is he? He's <laughs> thinking, no. no. All you can hear is the bass going boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. And of course, everyone's got fucking whistles. Yeah, yeah, and you hear the. Oh, yeah, this could only be made. This, it's 1990s, guaranteed. <laughs> it's between 90 and 2000. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know. Yeah, it, it is aged a little by that. Yeah. Um, it's the same with the special effects. Yes. They, they yeah. are aged. Unfortunately, again, not a, pro, not a film, the film's fault. It is just no. simply that when it was made, that sort of stuff was in its infancy. Yeah. And there's a couple in general later on. Mm. The Blood. The blood Where he cuts dwarf in half. They go a bit too Looks much awful. on that. Um, the blood dripping down yep. and landing on people's foreheads, and then the the skeletons that come out of him. Like pro- earlier on, when the when the vampires are getting killed, that's okay. Yeah, I can live with that. You did pretty well of just disguising it. Quick couple of bursts here and there, but once they get into that bloody temple or whatever it is. It's it's everywhere. It's just the special effects are just coming on and on. Yeah, and, it's and they are dated bad. As you said, I think they did a pretty good job, but there was only so much you could do to make it look that realistic at that point. Mm. I feel like every time I see something like this, I just think to myself, fucking hell, James Cameron and Terminator 2. Is, he was, was six bloke, years old. He was just a bloody genius. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. but Well, he was, yeah, his budget was... <laughs> Three times as much. Yeah. So he was on the cutting. He was going to the bank saying, just give me the bank. Just give me the whole fucking bank. You were going to give Donald Lowe's your little bit of a slipper, were you? Yeah, well, it was for his mesh shirt. He's getting for the whole movie. Like, I was just looking at him the whole time going, no, you don't look right. I see him in Gotham as a grizzly cop. I'm like... That's what, yeah. That's where that's you. Where that's at. your pocket. That's where you but live. But back in, yeah, back in the days, Harvey Bullock, I'm sure in the nineties, was wearing that shit. <laughs> yeah, Harvey Bullock, Harvey Bullock was getting around the Gotham <laughs> rave scene in mesh shirts. And, <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. I think he's he's better placed now than he was in the nineties. He looked out of place then. He kind of, even though he was younger and of the age, I'm looking at him going, yeah, you look forty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're the bloke that everyone's going. <laughs> what is he here? Yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> uh, he's he's twenty. No, he's not. <laughs> he's he's an old twenty. He's got a, yeah. Yeah, a lot on the face. And my last dislike is that the final sword fight is actually the worst of the action scenes. Mm. And basically, it and gets knew, the worst of Norrington. Norrington's going. Music video long. kicks come into play. Yeah. In this that fight scene, close yeah. up angles. Yep. Shots of the swords where you know. Sparks are flying everywhere. Yep. It's really quick cuts. It's real poor. 
Yeah, the only good thing I thought was kicking the sword. Yes. <laughs> that was like, I, I thought to myself, he's going to struggle in some way to get to the vials of stuff, but he didn't. It was just kind of like, we'll have a little bit of a, you know, back and forth. Then I get the vials and I just fucking jam them in and kick the sword into you. Like, I thought, I just kept thinking he's going to struggle to get those vials or Dorf's going to catch on that that's what he needs to get and we're going to get around this some way, but they didn't. It was just down the line. Well, why not? Dorf catches on, smashes the vials, but one of them survives and the blade has to get to that vial to kill him. But it was just kind of like, yeah, there they are, back and forth, I got them. But You're also, dead. shouldn't Dorf have been much stronger now? Because yeah, he had six balls instead of one. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying, shouldn't he have been able to throw a blade around the joint? Well, that's what I would have thought. But no. I didn't actually mind the idea that he got cut in half and then came back yeah, together. It just didn't right. look good. No, it was terrible. But yeah, that was kind of the only sense you got the whole time of, I'm more powerful now. But yeah, Blade was Blade was in the in the mix the whole time. There was never a point where it was like your your touch. He's in trouble, yeah. I agree. Uh, anything else from your end? Mm, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much it for me. Other than look, it's a minor quibble, but for a bloke like David Goya, who's written a lot of stuff and written for everyone, I have trouble with lines like "You may wake up one day and find yourself extinct." Because, I mean, fucking, obviously, if you're extinct, you're not going to wake up. You're not yeah. going to find anything. <laughs> Surely we could have kind of come up with this yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah some the of the dialogue was a little bit off. Yeah. The only other part that, it, again, was a, a bit of a minor one was when Whistler appears to get cleaned up by the train. And Blade says, he can take care of himself. I'm thinking, you prick. Like... I think Snipes broke character in that point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is Wesley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we are. Uh, Wesley, we're still shooting. Oh, fuck. Well, what's the line? Like, I just thought uh, that was, for me, one of those little moments, like you said, where it's just a bit of fucking... It's just a little bit lazy, a little bit kind of just... Oh, right, Wesley, don't forget to turn in your tax return. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> That's Blade from 1988. Yeah. Wesley, here's your groups TV. No, I don't need that. <laughs> you know today how much you earned on this? No, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I know, <laughs> but that's not the point. Uh, Jesus. All right. That's Blade from 98. Uh, if you want to get in contact with, with us, send us an email at thrillme at ionet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Find us on iTunes. Make sure you rate and review. That would be nice. Now, next film, Jared. Mm. Van Damme and Lundgren. Well, are we, we're going to sneak a Christmas one. Before that, are we? We might sneak... We might be able to do... We'll see how it plays out. Right. The Christmas one may come first, mm-hmm. um, but Universal Soldiers next. The Christmas one will keep under wraps yep. until we actually get it done. Um, as a bit of a surprise. Nice pun. But yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, wrap Lay it up under the tray. Bow it. Open it up. Yeah. It's a lump of coal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a petrified too. Um, Universal Soldier though. Van Damme, Lundgren, acting masterclass. Mm. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Two of the greats. <laughs> But until we get to that, take it easy and we'll catch everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. 
Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.